I'm sorry, I'm still eating. <laughs> we'll wait till you finish eating, I guess. We'll kick off here. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> I'm so unprofessional. Um, oh it's my the first gosh. show of the year, everybody. We're, we're getting, yeah. we're, we're trying to crank start it. Yo, it's Apache Smash. Hey everyone, this is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. I'm still not awake, man. <laughs> I, I took two weeks off uh, in Ohio, and it was great. I got to see family. I got to sleep in, mostly. Um... I didn't have to go to work. It was, it was, I mean, I haven't had to go to work for like two years now, but but still, you know, it's the principle of the thing. I didn't have to roll out of bed and log on. You know, it was nice. You I had no obligations to your day. Yeah. Yeah, I had family to do that. It was great. Did you get a chance to play anything? No, no, I didn't really get to do anything except uh, sleep a lot. In fact, I actually did some studying, which I feel guilty about now. Sometimes, you know, not doing anything is the best thing to do. How about you guys? How'd your holiday go? Um, I lost myself to Final Fantasy 14 and you and half the country. I'm not I'm not a cat girl, but I am a dragon girl or a scaly girl. Uh and you can just tell, like, uh, my last better. my last experience with WoW wasn't the best, but I'm still an MMO fiend. And this kind of uplifted me in a sense that it's nice to play something that feels like the creators love it just as much as the audience. And you can kind of see that in Yoshida and um, Soken. I have to bring up um, Soken as the composer. Um you can tell they put so much love into it. And I've put in, like, I grinded from, like, level 60 to level 90 in, like, three weeks. So. Jeez. Yeah, pretty much every uh, time I log on to Discord, it says, Days, playing Final Fantasy 14. It's like, oh, okay, To cool. be fair, to be fair, I do keep myself idle sometimes yeah. because of the ridiculous queue times. But, yeah, mo- like, your, your assertion that I've lost my mind is correct. <laughs> my game is just a wellspring of positivity. I mean, on Soken alone, didn't he compose the soundtrack to Endwalker while in the hospital recovering from cancer. So the story behind that is he composed the final boss theme for the final boss and the Shadowbringers expansion. And I actually watched his speech yesterday. It made me cry. Um, he like he came to Yoshida and the president of Square and he's like, I, I want to keep doing something. I, I just want to keep myself busy while and, and work on this game. and he was working through the hospital and yeah. It's really nice to see developers care about their franchises. <laughs> well, to be fair, <laughs> um, the president of square Enix did hint at possibly taking advantage of the blockchain for future gaming endeavors. And everybody was like, shut the fuck up. Uh, which is a great segue to our next topic, which I'm assuming that's what you were getting at, well, Nitro. Well, 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 no, I wasn't actually. I just, oh. <laughs> I'm just angry in general. Um, oh, let's let's just finish roll call here because it's 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 we haven't talked in a while. I wanna I wanna catch up. 
Yeah. Uh, Fair enough. Fingers. How was Uh, your holiday? It's been all right. It's been a it's been a busy holiday. A bunch of bunch of bullshit. But uh, in between that, there's definitely been a lot of uh, gaming going on. I got Game Pass recently, which is fucking a great value right now. Uh, Played through a bunch of Halo, Halo Wars. Just like all my Xbox backlog, pretty much that I missed with like, you know, the Xbox One and Series S and all that stuff. It's it's all just on there now. That's all you got to do. Just pay a dollar, pretty much. And yeah, I don't it. think I've ever paid more than a dollar for Game Pass. <laughs> then it expires, and I pay another dollar. Yeah, uh, so definitely get on that right now if you're if you're in this game drought right now, like I am, and just trying to look for something to play. Uh, recently played Carry On. That was a pretty fun game. Uh, this little quick monstrous adventure, and uh, I've been playing Gears Tactics recently, and that definitely has gotten me thinking about uh, like a turn-based Metal Gear game. Not acid, but you know, <laughs> no, no cards involved, but definitely something turn-based and like that. That was so work in that uh, in that turn-based uh, format. I think. I'm telling you, give it to the XCOM guys. Yeah, that's like Just yeah, let totally. Them run with it. What? So Snake has a ninety-nine percent chance of hitting something and then misses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's still some of that. Yeah, just been playing a bunch of games. Yeah, then just watching uh people uh, you know, speed run games with uh blindfolds on, you know. That's that's been pretty fun. Ah, which Hell brings yeah. us to Apache. <laughs> How was your holiday and well, have you done any anything interesting while blindfolded recently? Well, let, let's take it back. I got fucking <laughs> fox dying and then I couldn't go out for New Year's Eve. That kind of fucking sucked, right? Rip Bernie. Like, I was, like, going, I had plans to, like, see all my friends for New Year's Eve, go to my friend's house, have a big party, and, like, two days before, um, the person I live with tested positive, and then it was just, like, like, I couldn't go no matter what, then I was really sick, um, and I, I'm dead, I'm, I'm, like, I think I've got, like, a lung fox dying, because I felt so exhausted today, um, but I'm hoping it's just because of everything that's been going on. GDQ, that was absolutely awesome, um, you know, like I've said previously i couldn't believe that i got in for the second time but the run went so so well i did that last sunday and uh yeah metal gear solid is closing the event as well so i'll be commentating for d limes 13 i still uh, can't I, believe you did that man i just <laughs> yep i texted a friend that video and he was amazed and then a few minutes later he texted me back and it was like you need to watch this video start at 135 and i'm like did you mean to text this to someone else yeah i kind of know this guy (laughs) for anybody listening doesn't know what we're talking about apache was on gdq and did a speed run of the tanker mission in metal gear solid 2 blindfolded and it was probably one of the most insane things i've ever seen it was a it was a bonus game so they had to people had to donate and specifically donate towards it the game and it was $25,000 and when that money got raised it was more than half of the total of the event and this is the first day right this is the first day they've surpassed like half a million dollars at this point i'm i'm not sure what it's up to like right the second but this event raises in, insane money for prevent cancer um, but just at the time, it was like it was over the half of the total donations to the event. So I, I was so, so happy. I mean, I, I knew it would get reached because bonus game incentives rarely ever get missed. Um, they, they do tend to get raised. But it was, uh, yeah, what, what an honor. What an absolute honor. How long did it even take you to get that pathing down? So Jaguar King 
laid the groundwork, I guess, because he used to do like, you know, uh, sub goals on his channel and he's like, oh, I'll do this blindfolded. And he would just go in. He wouldn't like practice beforehand. He would just go off knowledge of the game and figure it out. And he got like a 20, 20 odd minute time. But what I did was like broke down each individual room of the game with sight, worked out what it would take to get through the room um, and then just just put it all together. Yeah. Um, so it probably took like a, a week of focusing on nothing else and then like a, f- a few months of just practicing. I still think that that marine glide was the most impressive thing to me, uh, like just timing that out so that I guess that they were rotated a certain way. And then, uh, you know, like you basically timed it out with what was it, 15 punches? Yeah. So what would we we knew that that could happen. Occasionally that would happen, but we couldn't find the exact right angle to go from. And mm-hmm. I was playing a uh, popular MMO, Call of Duty Warzone, which I'm currently <laughs> addicted to. And I was, I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Right? I, mean, I was in a fight with this fucking sniper, right? And I, was, I had an SMG and I was pinned down by this sniper and I just kept moving from cover to cover. And then it just came into my head. I was like, I don't need to hit the button on the projector. I can go into the room and just use punches because a punch is an exact uh, measurement of movement. It's always the same. If you punch 15 times in one direction, you are always in the same place after the after the punches. Steps don't exactly work like that in Metal Gear Solid 2, but it came into my head while I was in this fight and I was like, I need to, I need to go. Anyway, the sniper shot me in the head, obviously. Um, so I, I could quit out of the game. Uh, and I went into the room and this was like a couple of days before the event. Um, and, and I got it down and I posted it in MGS2 and everyone was like, oh, the room doesn't work like that because I'd, I'd done it from like a continue. And like, oh, the projector cutscene plays. And I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it, boys. I, I know what I'm doing. And everyone's like, no, I know it won't work because the projector cutscene. And obviously it does. Um, but I, yeah, I figured it out that day. So it was like probably, I think it was three or four days out from the event I came up with that. And I knew I had to do it because it would just look so good to, to like view. Oh, it was it crazy. ridiculous, right? The yeah. thing I wasn't expecting was that the Olga battle was the the least exciting part of it because I never even considered you could just auto aim her the whole way through. Well, if she gets to the second cutscene, you have to uh, kill yourself. You have to reset the fight. You can't. You you are timed, so you have to finish it. And uh, the auto aim isn't exact. Like when I was hitting her and I was doing like quick reloaded shots to hit her, they're not guaranteed. And I'm like counting the number of hits. It was a left side, which is less likely to finish before going to the second cutscene. So it is it is a huge risk, but it's not as obvious to the to the viewer, I feel, like how challenging that fight can be. Oh my gosh. The whole thing's wild, man. You did a good job though. And you raised money for a good cause. So Hell yeah. Yeah, I said um that I, I'm unlikely to submit to SGDQ and I'm not a I'm not the kind of person who just like a lot, of, a lot of speedrunners just take every run they know and submit it to GDQ and just hope that something gets in. I, I feel like when I when I submit a run to GDQ, even if it doesn't get in, I know that it's good enough to be in the event, if that makes sense. Like it's something yeah. I really focused on and spent a lot of time doing and it's something completely new. And I, I think the next thing I want to submit to GDQ would be blindfolded MGS3, the whole game. But I don't know if I'll have that finished in time. I'm going to America in summer, and there's a lot of stuff happening this year. So who knows? But the next time I submit to GDQ, I know that I'll be putting something forward that I'm really proud of and, like, spent a lot of time on. And even if it doesn't get in, like, I I know it's worthwhile. And so who knows when that'll be. It's a great way of looking at it. And you did this all while you were surviving David Cage's Omicron, the Nomad Soul. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's it it sucks. Fuck. Fox died. Right. Everyone's everyone's the yeah, same. I mean, it'll right? Kick Just your ass. The shit. Right. Yeah, I felt like shit after the nanomachines. I, mean, I was like, God damn it, this is what they're feeling. Fuck. Yeah. When when I caught it, it had me down for two weeks, and then it took about six months for me to start to feel normal again, and I still haven't completely got my sense of smell back. I don't know if I had Fox die, but like there was some point where I was sick early 2020. And then like ever since then, it's been like it's been like a, a, a another level of difficulty smoking from a bong. And I'm like, I'm like 80 percent sure that's Fox die. The, the true casualties. I'm going to replace all these mentions of Fox die with Fox die samples. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, every time I say it, I'm like, I need to stop saying it. <laughs> well, uh, that's why you shouldn't have told us that you're gonna replace it with fox eye samples. Because like, we're like, oh, we gotta say this up. shit all the time. <laughs> it's fine. It'll be fun. Fox die. Uh, can we yell about like Konami now? Or yeah, I think we should. Konami, what are y'all doing? What the fuck? Hey, what y'all doing? Stop that. Get, get this. This reeks of some investor. Yeah. reaching out to their PR department and saying, hey, I've got the means, I've got the money, I've got a good idea, and it'll make you a bundle. So let's uh, let's figure something out. Like this, this like my first reaction to this was, oh, this was somebody pitching them an idea. Um, but. Man, I don't I don't know what to think of this other than it was done for the 35th anniversary of Castlevania and Metal Gears is right around the corner. Yeah. One thing that really sucks about this is like the day before they announced this fucking uh, Castlevania NFT, they had announced a bundle with limited run. And I was like, well, look at that. They got a physical edition of this. I think it was like Castlevania Requiem. Yeah. With uh, the. Yeah. With all that dope art and just like cool stuff with it. And I was like, hell yeah, that's what's up. And like, I don't think many people saw that. But the thing is, it immediately got like wiped out by this NFT announcement. And I was just like, ah, oh, way to like kill your, I don't know, just that the, the momentum that that could have maybe gotten them, you know? Oh, nobody knew about it. I, I, I didn't even know about it. I, I had to message it to you. Until... I was like, dude, did you even see that they did a limited run thing? You're like, oh, this is cool looking. No, I was like, yeah, yeah was nobody like... saw it because everybody's complaining about the NFT stuff. Yeah, Rightfully so, this... but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're doing this giant Castlevania Requiem thing, and it's and it's like physical copies, and it's pretty darn cool. And it's ex- yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and order a copy if I can. They shit the bed on the timing with that, though. It was just I awful. know, but, but like, I didn't even hear about it. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. Yeah, they completely like suppressed that post with the next one because that was the considered the popular post. The next one that got all the engagement. So <sighs> that's how like engagement can like backfire. And it's like we gave attention to it now. But now, I mean, you know, everybody's shooting it down. So it's. I mean, and, you know, Sega has looked at stuff and has backed out of it. Maybe Konami will back out. That's what we can hope for is that they might. You know, listen to Look, feedback, but if I any guarantee- company doesn't really listen to feedback, it's kind of Konami right now. Yeah, it's a company known for ditching out of terrible ideas. Yeah. Um, they're rudderless right now. That's the word, yeah. They don't know what they're doing. You know, it's it's just a matter of who pitches them an idea, who's got the resources and the money, and if they think it's good for them or not, you know? But, you know, I've I've been thinking for a while, this this can be a bad thing because you've got, you know, just cheap projects that use yeah. their franchise names. Uh, but on the other hand, if the right person 
comes in, if the right group comes in and takes advantage of the fact that there aren't really any gatekeepers for these franchises anymore, we could see some really interesting stuff happen. But so far, that hasn't happened. It's it's so hard to to figure out what's going on inside of Konami because uh, they're just so closed off. Yeah. I just feel like this shit's not for fans. If, if they did something with Metal Gear, like they make Metal Gear NFTs, and they said to me, do you want one of these? I'd say no. I, like, I don't want to own that. I don't, I don't want anything to do with it. Um, it's, it's fucking vile. Why, why would I want a piece of this like gaming thing that I love that no one else can enjoy? Like, why would I want <laughs> to selfishly the... own a piece of it? Like, no, fuck that. I want to share the joy of Metal Gear. I don't want to make it digitally scarce, which it yeah. is because of the fucking licensing <laughs> shit. No, they still haven't that. brought that back. Yo, the game itself is an NFT now. That's why oh my God. Exclusive rights to the digital version of Metal Gear Solid 2. The worst part of this <laughs> is that on their big page for these Castlevania NFTs, they talk about how the purpose of this project is to help preserve these games for the future. And I'm I've 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 never just stared slack jawed a website like that before. It's like you're just saying um, words at this point. You're literally yeah, just saying words. Look, I, I am somebody who is I, I try to pay attention to what's happening in tech spaces. I try to pay attention to to new emerging technologies and and you know, I, I'm a software developer, so I I, I try to stay up to date on things and understand things well. So I have a fairly good understanding of how the blockchain work, how NFTs work. And, um, and I always try to keep an open mind with this stuff. I really, you know, I, if you've got a good argument, I will shut up and I will listen to your good argument. Now I may not agree with it, but I'll always hear you out. I have yet to hear a, a good sustainable argument for NFTs. Somebody's going to be in your DMs. Or your I know I'm asking. No, I'm legitimately saying if you have a good argument. <laughs> well, let me tell you something, Fred. Let me tell you about NFT. <laughs> Get butters. <God. laughs> yeah, people who like Applebee's and people who like NFTs. That one person. Shout out that one person that made that Metal Gear and Castlevania crossover. Yeah. God. People like Metal Gear. <laughs> I'm seriously not trying to be snide though. I'm I'm genuinely yeah. saying if you've got a good argument for this, if you have a a practical use case that scales, yeah. then I would love to know what it is, but I haven't heard one yet. Me too. All, that, all I'm seeing are a bunch of hucksters and pyramid schemes. Outside of the whole like speculative part of NFTs, I think my perspective as somebody who also works in tech is like the same way. I I can't see a like a use case that goes to scale that's sustainable that's not replaceable by or that's not already fulfilled by something that's more sustainable or more efficient what makes me sad about all of it is it seems like for a lot of like just music artists and stuff like that that they're like using it as this like last resort to make money off of their you know, their, their art, their songs and stuff like Spotify is not paying worth a goddamn YouTube's barely paying. So it's like, these people are like, what if I put one of these things up real quick? Bam. That's that covers, you know, yeah. so many more than, than a hundred thousand plays would, you know? So it's like, they're, they're looking to this as some kind of alternate, you know, way to raise funds, which some people are doing it and 
but I don't know. It's, it definitely doesn't seem that honestly is the closest thing I've heard to a good argument for him. Yeah, that's that's like the only yeah, it's like you can mint a song like slash music video. Yeah, as some sort of like meta artist support. Network. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's if you want to just support and just have something to throw and then someone could then trade it within that network if they're all fans of that artist. I don't yeah. know, but I, you won't find a uh, they played us like a damn fiddle NFT. I'll tell you that. So. It's, you, you know, what's funny about this is that hasn't Steam been doing hasn't like Valve been doing this with like the cards on Steam for ages now. It's not it's not the same technology underlying it, but in principle, it functions very similarly. I mean, mm. technically speaking, Star Citizen has been doing this for years. Uh, yeah. I just the the idea of owning digital real estate is hilarious to me. I'm really kind of surprised I haven't seen Kojima comment on it at all. Like, right? You would like have thought it, he'd been on top of it. Well, or he might be like, "Yo, I'm not trying to get my ass beat in these in these quote retweets." <laughs> Don't you worry about Kojima talking about NFTs. It's going to be a long year. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, that's don't what you worry. That's what's in the folder on his desktop. <laughs> New project NFT. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. full of it's full of board apes. That's the thing. It's just getting so repetitive for me. It's like every time I open, you know, Twitter, every time I open anything, it's like that's mentioned at least once in the conversation. I'm just getting yeah. kind of like bored of them. You know, I'm just like, oh, God, go away. But, you know, like you said, Metal Gear, that's uh, that 35th anniversary is around the corner. And I don't think they'll be able to help themselves. So I won't. You know what? If you guys put the games on PC or on modern consoles or something, if you do like my my bar is so low right now for for approval at this point. Like, hypothetical <laughs> hypothetical like yeah. if you guys do literally any sort of re like this is some monkey's paw shit i swear we but get all the ports like, but <laughs> you can have your metal gear nfts just put these games on another platform please well, I, I, I was thinking about this it's, it's been on my mind quite a lot and it could Konami have the games already. They have all these games already. Like, why not just make their own digital distribution platform for PC and then sell it by putting all their games on PC as ports? Like that would require work. That's that's the kind of thing they want, though. Right? They want to sell. <laughs> I was going to say all that. that shit. Like, <laughs> like the, most of the jobs done for them. Like like when when Valve started and they did theirs, they had to they had to make all the games. They already have the games. I. I would say that they don't have enough software to support that sort of ecosystem, but I mean, Blizzard has one, and they've got like six games. Oh God, the monkey paw really does kill, right? Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna will a Konami storefront into existence now. Good job. Yeah, but like, holy shit, I would support the fucking living hell out of it. I really would. Gets out. It's got depressing real fast. Yeah, I do wish I could play Metal Gear Solid Four, but. Hashtag get fingers a new PS3 is still active. And uh, I guess I could just emulate it at this point. Fuck them. It's dude. Honestly, it's getting there. <laughs> yeah, I have seen I have seen even MGO2 like just people are just blasting it on PC these days. Having a good old time. 60 frames per second. No, I was just going to say I had some MGO diehards friends that like were like, you got to get in this, man, the PC. MGO2 generally emulates better, too. Every time I like look into it, it seems like it seems like such a long like install process. It's almost like downloading the despecialized editions. I'm just like, ah, I'm not worried <laughs> about it. That's too much bullshit. Like, ah, 
man, it's going to get to a point though where it's easy to do. I mean, this is send me it, a zip, Nitroid. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, yeah. I, I, I would never <laughs> engage in such. We both own the game, so it's, it's yeah. Honestly, at this point, I own so many damn copies of Metal Gear Solid Two. I'd probably <laughs> allowed to pirate it, like by law. It's it's ridiculous. Um, no, it's going to get to a point where art where. PS3 emulation is just going to become more practical than playing on a PS3. I mean, it's not there yet. I mean, I, I saw a tweet today from the RPCS3 account that was like, hey, now you can play, uh, was it, um, Red Dead Redemption, uh, at 60 frames a second in a part of the game that we could never get this high before. And all it requires is the most expensive hardware money can buy. <laughs> Well, uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 is just about to get an emulator board for speedruns. Um, so it's finally got to the point where obviously it can't compete on the main board, but it's 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 playable and, you know, the mods of that board feel like they people can do runs on it and, you know, they're worth a damn. So that's, that's impressive cool. because the last time I tried that, it was still pretty broken, especially during Act 1. Yeah. Would you say Act 1 is like one of the more like busy sections, though? Like... It graphically intensive you know what i mean like yeah anytime there's any sort of like large-scale battle going on the frame rate just tanks yeah yeah um, in my in my opinion it's the second most aggressive aggressively laggy portion of the game but the other one is literally an auto scroller so you don't really care when yeah. it's an auto scroller i mean just give it time you know it's yeah. it's konami's gonna miss the boat i mean ugh, probably not if it comes out on pc officially or ps5 or whatever i'm still gonna buy it because why not but yeah. it didn't even it didn't it's not even my favorite game and i'm here pining for it to get ported <laughs> like because you don't know what you got till it's gone i'm just dying here man well to be fair um you did have a bit of a revelation pun um <laughs> when you when you watched matrix we, yeah. like, that was another yeah. thing we all did was we watched like speaking of controversial topics and shit like that we all watched the Matrix Resurrections and from my understanding it gave Nitroid a new outlook on MGS4 yeah it, I am in such a minority here I realize I think we are going to get a spoiler talk here for Matrix here oh, so yeah. good, let's, good we'll, we'll mark that really quick yeah but. So if you have not come seen back in like Matrix, five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll try to keep this short because I know yeah. fingers is not a fan of this. Um, That's fine. In fact, I'm, I'm I know a lot of people are not a fan of this, but I'm not this... sure if I'm a fan, to be honest. Like, what of the movie? Of like, the movie. Oh, I actually the more I've sat with it and the more I've thought about it, the more I like it. And that's like while I was sitting through it, I hated it. But like now I understand like I understand why. And it was like. Yeah, it was on purpose and like, yeah, but like, I, I don't know. I think if, if any movie could do this whole meta bullshit and get away with it, it's definitely The Matrix. And uh, I, yeah. I just I'm normally not in the mood for this, like such tongue in cheek, like wink, wink shit going on. But like, I don't know for for this, for, for everything going on with this movie and behind the scenes and what's going on. It was a very good piece of art. It yeah. wasn't a yeah. good movie. The action scenes sucked. Uh, everything felt very slow. Yes, yes. And uh, the dialogue was painful in the first thirty minutes. I was, I, I messaged Nitro. I was like, "Dude, I hope this gets a little better." Because holy shit. Yeah, and but and but then I kind of I examined it and zoomed out a bit, and I was like, "Okay, actually, that's pretty fucking cool." You know, I, especially with the the circumstances leading 
with Lana Wachowski and the, and the studio is pressuring and it's like, I, I get it. You know, it's, it's go ahead. I appreciate Lana's intent and I appreciate the concepts behind the film, but the execution had like, yeah. <laughs> it, it left a lot to be needed or whatever, however you say that. Desired. Yeah. A lot yeah. to be desired. Right. It's, I guess this is where I've landed and I've had a lot of time to sort of sit on it. I still, I still want to watch it one more time just to sort of cement my view on it. But where I seem to land is that at this point, if you're not aware, the movie is basically projecting as loudly as possible that it did not need to be made. And it was unfortunately going to be made with or without a Wachowski at the helm. And Lana Wachowski basically said, all right, you guys are going to either make a mess of this and turn it into yet another, you know, new movie a year franchise like you do with everything else. Or I can burn it to the ground on my terms and get away with whatever I want and take y'all for a ride. And then you can never bug me about this again. And it is it is so incredibly self-aware about this to the point of name dropping Warner Brothers and making the production like in, in the movie, the Matrix is treated like a game that that Neo's in Matrix persona is working on. And so like he's he can't remember like that it was a real thing. And so, you know, he's been working on these games like his memories are very fragmented and. And so, like, he's a game developer that made these three games called The Matrix, and now the studio wants him to make a four. And there's all of this super self-aware dialogue about making yeah. a, a fourth one and everything. And so, like you said, the movie is an absolute mess visually, tonally, narratively. Um, it's it's so bad in so many ways, but it's also so on the nose about the fact that it shouldn't have been made in the first place. Like, it's like it's very Gremlins 2 in that regard. Yeah. Shout out Red Letter Media. Yeah, it's it's like where I where I landed was this is not a good movie, but I think it's good art. Yeah, that's definitely right where I landed, because like, yeah, because I also saw Spider-Man over the holiday break and that was a fucking great movie. Best film I've seen in a long time. Banger. Absolute banger. That was fun. Yeah. Fucking great movie. I laughed. I cried. All that shit. But I haven't really thought about it much. Like, so it's like. Uh, these are two experiences that are designed to be, you know, taken in differently. And that's, yeah, they're they're almost polar opposites. Like one is peak yeah. fan service and the other is like anti fan service. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like you want fan service. Here's a kick in the dick. Like, yeah. So so yeah. here was the crisis that that Daze was alluding to when I when I finished watching The Matrix Resurrections and, and believe me, I was cackling the whole way through it my first time watching it because I got the joke. Yeah, like I like I had sort of for better or worse, I sort of knew what I was getting into with the movie because I had read uh, a few little blurbs about it being very, very meta about about, you know, the the fact that it's an unnecessary sequel. Mm -hmm. um, and. You know, it, there is. Ultimately, no reason why I should like the Matrix Resurrections, but not like Metal <laughs> Gear Solid four because they're doing yeah. the exact same bit. Yeah, that is one thing that like struck me. I was like, "Wait, you're you're having a good time with this, but you bitch about Metal Gear Solid." Oh, believe me, 4, I realized like, it. <laughs> like, I was like, "Wait a minute, hold on," because that's yeah. I was like halfway watching it, and like yeah, the first thirty minutes, you're like, "No wonder Kojima campaigned for this movie. This is like this feels like yeah, he gets Konami it. pushing him to do the next Metal Gear, and he's like, "Oh, I, yeah, exactly. Fuck these guys. Fuck the studio. You know, do your own thing." But 
Yeah. So I've had to go like soul searching over this to figure out, oh man, am I just like, do I have a legitimate reason for disliking Metal Gear Solid 4 or am I just a giant hypocrite? I just imagine you listening to like Dust in the Wind, like just walking with your hands in your yeah. pockets. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a journey, man. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, imagine, I haven't quite reached the end. I imagine that meme from uh, fucking, I think it's Pablo Escobar. Where he's just like one picture he's like standing in front of a fence the other one he's like at a table it's from like narcos or some shit like yeah, that i know the one you're yeah <laughs> that's that's nitroid <laughs> just sitting in the pool like. <laughs> I, I thought the matrix was shit and i get that it's supposed to be but that doesn't make it good yeah that's it's a trend that i really don't want them to like keep doing like i kind of want this to be like a one-off experience in this kind of thing because this like whole like irony shit's getting old for me and just i don't know the, the quippy type yeah, you know. I mean, this is why I like Dune, because there wasn't a, so much as a hint of irony in the entire movie. Yeah, I mean, it was a banger. Dune was sure. super faithful. Yeah. Dune's got Dune's got to be hard. If you, I feel like Dune's got to be such a hard film um, if, you, if you're not already into it, though. I feel like first, first time I was watching that, must have thought, what the fuck? Did Kojima talk about Dune at all? I feel like he did, but I can't remember if he said anything specific. Saw Dune. Uh, no, oh, I, I, I can't remember. <laughs> what would you have done if he would have been like, saw the Matrix? <laughs> now I'm going to have to look, see if he did say that. No, he actually like wrote a little like blurb for the movie that was in promotions, I guess. And yeah. he was praising it pretty hard. But again, like he has already done this shtick. He gets it. Yeah, that's, that's why I seemed very familiar and, and that he would campaign for it. I still think the coolest thing that the movie did was uh, with the trailer, it told me what time it was. So if I ever yeah. needed to know what time it was, I could just watch that trailer and it was taken <laughs> care of. <laughs> Finally, we have a way to tell the time. It's like the new Tiger 1-1, you know? It's, it's pretty good. Yeah, don't make, me, don't make me try to explain why I dislike MGS4. I'm still working it out. <sighs> Some, something, something passive-aggressive. It'll, I'll, we'll, we'll come back to this later. That is, I think that is the difference, is that MGS4 was trying to get away with it, like, with, like, you not really catching on to it. Because for me... It's trying to split the difference. As a proto fan, for me, it kind of was, like, just all this good story and, you know, fan service and shit. And that's kind of what I was saying with our uh, discussion with Ryan Payton. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of like the prequels. And he, he took offense to it, but I was like, no, I just meant, like, it gave us all this extra exposition that, like, filled in all this shit, whether we liked it or not. You know, whether it's just nanomachines, nanomachines, nanomachines. Well, there's so much, like, there is a lot to to digest and deconstruct in MGS4. Yeah. Um, you know, we were, we were talking earlier about how the game goes into, like, a dissociative disorder mm -hmm. and, and depersonalization. And and all of the little hints sort of like strewn throughout the game that that seem to, you know, intentionally or unintentionally seem to mirror the symptoms of the actual condition to like a, a, a somewhat creepy degree. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of intention there uh, with regards to sort of looking at Metal Gear and saying, hey, the identity of this thing has sort of been lost at this point. And we're having a crisis. You know, like that, that idea is strung throughout the entire game. The problem is, I just don't think it ever clicks into focus, which isn't a problem in the Matrix because it literally beats you <laughs> over the head. Matrix Every, is like, we got it in a fisheye lens. Like. Yeah, like you're not, you have to be like, 
like one IQ point to oh, miss IQ. what that movie's saying to it's you. Te- it's telegraphed. <laughs> it's like a boxer that only goes for knockout punches. It's like it's just yeah, it's just telegraphed. It's just yeah. Like, I get right, it. It's kind of I, crass, I get it, yeah. but I don't enjoy it. But I didn't. I wasn't like, oh wow. This this is incredible! What an amazing statement to make! Like I, I do appreciate that she was like, "Oh, they're making me do it, so I'll fucking burn the thing down myself." Like I, I appreciate that. I appreciate her for that. Yeah. Um, well, but this was the problem that that Reloaded and Revolutions had, or at least you know, in in a lesser degree. But those movies again sort of beat you over the head with the philosophy, but they did it in such an obtuse way that it was hard to follow most of the time. I really like those movies. <laughs> I, I I do too. But... Yeah, same. I really like two and three. Nothing's going to beat that first one. And and I and again, the movie is sort of God, you know, it's it's I I know we need to get off of this topic, but like the Matrix Resurrections is almost critic proof in some ways, because every argument you could make against it, it has an answer for in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. They're one step ahead of you for sure. Yeah. And it's it's like, well, what do you I can't criticize this. Is that what we're watching films for now? Like is, right? Is, to be outsmarted? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying earlier. I was like, I don't want this trend to continue. I want just fucking a good movie. How about that? How about you just really try and, and actually do it? I want fucking bullet time, bro. <laughs> yeah. You get a gold star for being clever, movie. Good job. I go yeah. stand in the corner. Wait, I, the Matrix, I, I still think the first Matrix film is one of the best films I've ever seen. I could I could put it on any time and enjoy it. Um, like, it's... It's in, it's incredible the, the choreography the, the the dialogue the the overall story the everything about it is so good like I was just watching that scene you know when um, Agent Smith has Morpheus and he's talking to him and like Morpheus like convulsing in the seat while Agent Smith just delivers that speech to him like that 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 I think about that scene all the time am I going to think about scenes from the new Matrix film in ten years no I'm not. Yeah, I, I don't think I will. You said you're gonna like watch it again, Nitroid. I I probably won't watch it again. Like time That's is valuable, fair. so it's just you know. Yeah, I mean th- the first Matrix <laughs> completely changed science fiction. Yeah, this is this is just gonna make half the people mad and the other half go. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, I yeah I do appreciate the commentary. It's but uh, I don't know. <laughs> he said I don't know. I, I do like the I do like the <laughs> fan service type stuff like a good example like the the book of Boba Fett has been doing awesome shit with like fan service level stuff and I, I've just been appreciating that so I have only seen the first episode so far it's it's pretty good I'm, I'm uh I just watched the third episode today and uh shout out Black or Santon and uh yeah did you see the um uh, you know, I don't I don't know if this really counts as a spoiler or not, but they they show how Boba Fett escapes the Sarlacc. Yeah. And uh, that's I mean, a spoiler, if, but yeah, fine. spoiler if you care about the details. <laughs> so fast forward like 20 seconds. But yeah. it, there's a video on Twitter that I saw where it shows Patton Oswald. On yeah. Parks and Recreation. And the filibuster scene. <laughs> yeah. the filibuster. I love the filibuster. And it's literally the same scene. <laughs> yeah. The filibuster's great. A whole eight or nine minutes of just straight improv coming oh, out. Oh, I watched that whole thing. Yeah. I love the whole time. Um, what's her face? Uh, Amy Poehler? Amy Poehler. I like the whole yeah. time. Amy Poehler's like, sir, sit down, sit down. <laughs> sir, that's enough. Sit- 
talks <laughs> even louder every time. We are getting uh, Death Stranding director's cut on PC. That's uh, that's some news. Yeah. I, I always thought it was yeah. weird when they were like, yeah, it's just on PS5. It's like, does anyone have one of those? Like, who's playing Yeah, this? I was like, well, great. You're going to sell 600 copies. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> who's playing that? I, <laughs> I got it, and because um, I'm, I'm one of those crazy people who, like, was mad refreshing Amazon when the PS5 first went live. And I got yeah. really, really lucky. Um, but I got the director's cut and I had a good time with it. I like the racing. That's a really good time. I think we've talked about this before. The story content is pretty short, but it's got some good stuff to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I always sort of felt it was inevitable that this was going to come to PC anyway. I mean, that seems to be yeah. the strategy for Kojima Productions now is, is multi-platform. You know, well, you know, this I guess maybe it's not Kojima Productions strategy so much as Sony's strategy now. Yeah, because we got God of War coming to the PC. Right. Yeah, it seems like they're doing that whole like release a not suboptimal, but like a, you know, like medium setting version now. And then we'll release it on PC where you can really like optimize it unless you're Final Fantasy seven. I think it was GTA 5 that really did this first. Not not first, but sorry, not first. GTA 5 did this to the best effect first, and they, they like sold so many copies of GTA 5 by putting it on yeah. the previous gen, then bringing it to next gen, then bringing it to PC. Like they sold them, they sold it to three times to multiple different people. Yeah, and each version is considered an upgrade too. So the people that like just want the better version of it will pay for it too so yeah yeah i mean i wonder how much of sony doing this is just a response to the lack of of console sales due to supply shortages i mean <laughs> they just talked about how they're going to be cranking out more ps4s now just to just to counteract the yeah the the low sales just because they can't make them Everyone's mad about that, but like, it's really hard to get a brand new PS4, and I want one. I want a boxed brand new PS4, so I'm actually happy about it. It's like a chip shortage thing, basically. Yeah. Like they don't have enough to. Basically, uh, yeah, getting mad about this is 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 stupid because it's they don't have enough to make PS5s right now, so they're just going to double down on making more PS4s. That's all. And PS4s have still been in production, so it's not like they were discontinued or anything but yeah you will see them more available out in the wild now and ps5s if you don't have one you're shit out of luck so yeah you do also have to consider that a lot for you know this is um a problem for more affluent countries in a lot of countries out there you know game consoles are a luxury and even then they may still only have access to like ps2 and ps3 because it takes longer for that to get over there you know, they they play what they've got. I think it, mm-hmm. I think um, it makes a lot of sense. If um, I don't think we've talked about this before, but you know the whole uh, is it called Spartacus rumors? That's the uh, yeah that that new PlayStation Plus thing. Yeah, so it'd be like the equivalent of Game Pass backwards oh, compatible right. PlayStation stuff. I assume it'll be some sort of subscription service where you'll be able to play old PlayStation titles. It makes sense for them to be selling a lot more PS4s if they're going to do that. And they're actually uh, removing the PlayStation Now gift cards. I think I saw a thing today where they're like they're removing those from the stores. So they're getting rid of PlayStation Now, which is the mm. current like streaming service, and they might be going to more of a hey, just download it on your console and just play it straight instead of off of the cloud or, or yeah. streaming well, it. Thank God, because PS Now fucking sucks. Yeah, I hope so because yeah, I really don't like it. But 
unfortunately. And isn't that a way to play Metal Gear Solid 4 through PS4? Yeah, it's the only way to play uh, on, it's the only way to play the HD collection and or Metal Gear Solid 4 on a PS4 or PS5 is with See, that. that seems that seems like where the solution lies is like making like, yeah, like I guess what this Spartacus thing is, hopefully, is some kind of launcher or, you know, container thing for these games right. to just launch out of. And it's like, you know, what the PS now is running out of on the server side or whatever, but actually on your console. Well, the way they did it server side was if I if I understand it correctly, is they actually had like cell clusters. Uh, so like essentially just like clusters of PlayStation threes. Yeah. And they're not uh, they're not very quick ones either. They're not equivalent to super slim loads. They're not equivalent to SSD loads. They they are bad PlayStation threes. If you want to play on some of the slowest PlayStation threes, go in play on PS now. I'm telling you, though, man, I, I've I've played MGS4 on PS now, and it seems to run at a higher frame rate. You might want to take a closer look at it. I don't know. I don't I don't know if it's just because of hardware differences or what, but I, I swear to God, it looks like it's running faster. I think that's the nano machines in your brain. <laughs> so you ran that on PS now on what? On your PS5? You can do it on on four, five and PC. PC. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. What did you test it on? Uh, PC. Oh, okay. Hmm. I've tried it on PC and I thought it was bad. Oh, it is because of the input lag. It's it's just I hate that. You know, ah. if, especially for a speedrunner, I can imagine how that would just be hell. But you know, they're they're not targeting speedrunners. They're targeting casual players who don't really give a crap. Yeah, I, um, I don't. I don't speedrun MGS4 though. Like I was just trying to. No, but but bad. you've got an <laughs> you've got a more astute awareness of of that. You know, of that true. timing delay. Yeah, true. And and, you know, I, I do to a degree from just experience with these games and I couldn't stand it. But I, I, I'm i telling you, like the game looked like it was running at a higher frame rate. Hmm. So I don't know. It's weird, but I don't like the service. Um, I don't think it's a good solution. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, hardcore preservationist. I buy all physical if I have the opportunity. I only buy digital if it's dirt cheap or if I don't have another option. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I, you know, any anything that's going to get away from streaming games, which is just the most nightmarish concept to me as a as a as a sustainable uh, solution is is going to be better in my eyes. Yeah, hopefully this this Spartacus thing is something because I, I did uh, actually this this past month, uh, I canceled my PlayStation Plus. It's just not I, I'm not getting anything out of it, really. So it's just I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's like, but I, it might get me back. Yeah, it's like I want. I want to give you. I will give you money for this, Sony. I will give you money for a PlayStation version of Game Pass. One hundred percent. There is not just for Metal Gear. They have a lot of great titles. And oh yeah, the PlayStation library is huge, man. They could they could go crazy with that. And, we, and we've seen like with you know with the uh, the Xbox Series S and Series X how well it can run these old titles when it's done properly, when it's not done for a streaming service using PS3 architecture, when it's actually on yeah. the modern console, how good it can be. And, you know, we, we already know PlayStation 4 is good enough to run anything, you know, from the past. Let's see what it can do. Um, I, I really hope that's why they're, why they're saying they're going to sell more PS4s. I just hope that they take cues from Xbox in terms of their pricing model and not Nintendo. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't want to pay. The, the price of it will literally be what people will pay. 
it's as simple oh, as that, right? It's it's what what will people pay for this? Well, PlayStation Plus was what sixty bucks for a year, like that yeah. was like the best value that they did, I think. So, yeah, you can get it cheaper beats. if you look online and places like that. But yeah, but yeah, generally, and you know, again, if they've actually if they're actually going to throw their back catalog on there. Like, like, what is this going to entail? Are you uh, I've only I've only read a bit of the Spartacus news, but if I understand it correctly, weren't they saying like PS1, PS2, PS3, and I believe PSP as well? I'm not sure what's real and what's Internet drivel. (laughs) So this might not even be real. (laughs) Yeah, that's what's it's it seems like un like unreal almost with Game Pass. Like, I'm like, did I really just play through the campaign of Halo Infinite? for a dollar yeah and then like and i played halo wars and all these other games that i've been playing recently i've got like 15 other games installed on my computer just waiting to play that are all pretty new like they're not it's not playstation one era shit you know it's it's stuff that came out two three years ago so i mean when it's uh when, when gta remastered was done they, they literally just put it straight on there right like the san andreas was on there i think vice city's going on yeah. there next well, I got is... Psychonauts too. Like this, this is all I've I've still only paid like the dollar or whatever. Okay. <laughs> so it's just I've gotten like a hundred and eighty dollar value at least. Yeah, uh, I mean they're front loading all their expenses. This is this has been the goal for game companies for a while is to have the so called yeah. Netflix of gaming, and they've all been trying to hmm. crack that to figure out you know like how do how do we make this model? How do we make it sustainable? How do we get enough people on board? And and now you've got um. You know, all three of the companies are sort of taking a crack at it um, with Xbox being the, you know, the clear front runner here. Um, But like, I I don't know how it's financially sustainable where it is, and it probably isn't. I mean, that's that's probably not their goal right now is to not make something that's profitable. It seems off right now, and it also seems like they might be shifting game design to keeping people on it, you know, instead of having these singular quick experiences like. Like that carrion game was it like four or five hours maybe or something? Yeah, it's I don't know. Short. It, was, it was short and sweet. But like by the time I was finished with it, I was kind of done with playing that game. So it was like I I enjoyed it. I played it. It was fun. I'm in and out. But like these other games that just want you to stay in. There was the big uh, news this week about Dying Light Two with that being like 500 hours for the full completion. Not not <laughs> campaign or you know like whatever. Everybody freaked out. But, yeah, they got dragged pretty hard for that. <laughs> yeah. They said it's like 80 hours with like completing all the side missions and then 500 for like 100%. So, like, I don't know. That's when when games are designed for like keeping you in for time, it's just that's when the quality of life and quality of everything just starts to go down for me. Yeah, same. Yeah. Engagement metrics. Yeah. Scary stuff. But but that's why I think what they're doing is just sort of front loading all their expenses to build up their user base. Like that $1 fee is not going to last. That's going to, that's going to go up. Like oh no, Netflix it's, it's $20. It's $20 after this, uh, you know, expires yeah. well, or whatever in like three months. But still, I'm just wondering how I like got in and out and got that much value out of it. It's like, damn, but yeah, they're expecting me to be like, to forget about the renewal and you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. And eventually once they, build up that content i've paid full price for like five months and i haven't i've played like one game on it so yeah i think most people do what i do and just pay full whack for it yeah because yeah. i mean we're all thinking about this 
most people are just going to throw the money at it and get their service. Yeah, that's what a lot of subscribers, you know, subscribing-based companies and stuff count on is for you to just go, ah, fuck it, I'll just let it let it keep going. I'm not going to take the five minutes to, like, unsubscribe from this thing. <laughs> so, hey, we've been going about an hour. You want to dive into the Q&A bag? I'm done. We can, because we are pretty much wiped out on main topics here. I think that's a good catch-up. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, oh, man. Uh, dude, one of my favorite uh, <laughs> questions on here is, what do raise arms to prior to MGR? <laughs> They're not for ballots, swimming, or housing weapons. Yeah they, yeah, they do. Hey, they look fucking cool. How about that? Yeah, they do. They they literally they they performed. That was by at bald guy with a Y E. <laughs> okay, so yes, they have a function. You literally fight Ray. Uh, I mean, you you know the mass produced models in Arsenal Gear later, and it uses those arms to to shoot at you. Um, and, and then you shoot those arms back. Yes, you do. So that you can. Get get it unblocked so you can shoot straight in the face. That's all but, I know that they're for. <laughs> but I will grant you, those are huge arms, and it's just like a it's just like, you know, a they could just put the gun there instead yeah. of this big ass. Wait, wait, wait. So I'm confused. I, I, I might be I might be like way off and I might have missed something, but it says they're not for balanced swimming or housing weapons. Do we see Ray swim underwater? Yes. Yeah. Am I like, tripping? Oh yeah, dude. It bursts out of water. Like when it dives off the tanker. I know, but we never see it like fucking travel. Oh, huge... do like a breaststroke? Yeah. Like, yeah. How do you know? Okay, actually, hold on. Do a breaststroke. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I can answer this question. Uh, is, although I'm cheating a little bit. If you watch the original trailer for Metal Gear Solid 2, the first public trailer, there is a different animation in place for those arms on the underside where it's kind of like a, like a, uh, I don't know what you would call it. Um, oh man, it's, it's like a repeating pattern under the arm, you know, it looks like vents. Yeah. But in the trailer, they're like moving back and forth almost like they're swaying. It's, it's a really neat looking animation, but they took it out of the final game. Um, but uh, I, I suppose the implication there is that those vents are used for for propulsion uh, to some degree. Yeah. You know, you do, you, it would have to have those arms for balance. And it In uses fact, you, them and, you know, every time it's standing up, it's got its arms out like it's balancing. I, I'm sorry if you guys have already said this, but the, we, we know that its face is the weak point and it uses those arms to shield its face. Like it does, it does that when it when it fires the machine gun, it uses the other arm to bring over the the weak spot, the face as like a guard. Yeah, so we know there that we know that they are likely used for balance. They absolutely house weapons. It shields its weak point, and given how it looks in the original trailer, it's possibly used for swimming as well. So yeah, they absolutely have a utility. <laughs> so all three of those things were wrong. All right, right. <laughs> next question. We got you, bald guy. <laughs> Take that. There's your answer. Um, but MGR from there on, it's uh, I'm just gonna hit stuff with them. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they are the. You want to do another? 
Yeah, we're, we're good. Uh, over the suit asks. Uh, so what at over the suit asks. So was the oil tanker actually filled with oil? I always thought that the tanker was emptied to house a hangar for Ray, that the oil was a lie and a cover up. However, the reflections on the water in the Emma snipe scene seem oily. And the answer to this, uh, I can answer it, but would one of you guys like to take it? It's all you, buddy. Yeah, so that seemed like a you question. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, at one point in the story, it's it's uh, it's hypothesized that the Patriots took out another. Actually, I think they they might even outright state that they took another tanker to the same location filled with crude oil and sank it. Uh, and that this was was in part you know, one of the ways that they covered up the development of Arsenal gear. So, and you're, and you're absolutely right about the oil, you know, about the, the oily surface of the water, you know, that, that was an intentional effect. So yeah, there is actually oil there. Um, and I, if I remember right, there's even a, a conversation where I think it's, it's, um, God, I can't remember who says it. I think it's Otacon again, sort of hypothesizes that, uh, they may be bringing in uh, fresh shipments of oil as they clean it up uh, just to keep the process going. <laughs> it's fucked up. It's creating a problem just to solve it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't I, like it's 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 I can't remember the exact quotes off the top of my head, but but yeah, it's um, it, it you know, there there's definitely oil there. That's what NFT should stand for. Another fucking tanker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty excited about this question from, um, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Conal Tutiet. Um, the question is, what are some of your favorite pieces of music from the entire series? Uh, mine would be Encounter and the extended Peace Walker theme. Um, I thought that was a good question to segue into because I actually really love this. The one of the I call it lesser known, but Twilight sniping like that is my Ooh, yeah. relaxation theme. That is such a good track. Yeah. What about you guys? Um, there's I think Photograph 4 is my favorite like single piece of music that's not one of the big hitters from the series. So alternate mission photograph from the OST. Uh, from Metal Gear Solid 2 is one of the the best little pieces of music but there's also like just after the bike uh chase in MGS3 uh when Eva crashes um and the guards are hunting you and Eva this really weird piece of music plays and it doesn't fit with the game at all and I, I use it for the intro on my YouTube videos I can't remember what it's called but it's such a weird piece of music oh yeah I do remember that yeah it's it's almost like I don't I don't even know how to explain it. It just doesn't fit with any of the other music in the game, in my in my opinion. And I just really like the way it sounds. I can't think of what it's called for the life of me. It's it's Yeah, you you sent me that. I know what you're talking about. Shit. Um, you know, it's I can't, I can't really say it was rushed, but <clears throat> um the a good chunk of the music for Metal Gear Solid 4 was done at a pretty breakneck pace. Uh Norihiko Hibino had his own independent studio at that point uh was it gem impact i think is what it was called i don't i don't know if they're still in operation i don't think they are but uh some of the work for metal gear solid 4 was outsourced to him and his team 
And they had a blurb on the website that talked about how they essentially knocked it all out in like two weeks. Yeah. So it was it was done pretty fast. Jesus. Yeah. It's not a lot of time to create music for a game. But but it it wasn't all of the music. It was just like it was just a selection of songs. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. Um my favorite piece of music is uh level one warning from Metal Gear 2 and all of the variations that they've done since in later games. Hell yeah. I love that tune. So I think they like counting the ones they've done. It was um, there was the, the of course the one in Metal Gear Two. They had um, the uh the arrangement on the the red disc compilation. They had the version used in the VR missions for Metal Gear Solid One. Then they had uh the the sort of chip tune rendition in Ghost Babble, and then there was the MGS1 Snake Weapons theme uh, in the uh, MGS2 Substance VR missions. Am I missing anything? No, but I, I like have there's a song another. in my head now. Yeah, I think it was... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I think there was even like an orchestral one for like one of the anniversary soundtracks. So like, I love that tune. Yeah, that's my jam. Uh, I, yeah. I forgot to mention this, but from an electronic music standpoint, on the B-sides of the Metal Gear Solid 2 soundtrack, I love that alt mix of the Tanker Incident song. I like Tanker oh, Incident, yeah. the song in general, but like that song, like that song sounds like a like a like a like a boss battle to a JRPG or some shit. I can get down to it. <laughs> it's it's a shame that the substance soundtracks never got a a proper commercial release outside of like a couple rare peaches pieces of merchandise they were included with. I mean, they're pretty easy to find <laughs> in a manner of speaking, but yeah. still like Your it would heart. be nice to <laughs> it would <laughs> it would be nice to own them properly, you know. I listen to them on YouTube. Yeah. Cause then it's YouTube's problem, not mine. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, uh, the Zanzibar Land uh, national anthem is probably the best piece of music uh, in Metal Gear Two: Solid Snake. You ever notice it sounds like we wish you a Merry Christmas? Yeah, and uh, make sure of that and Happy Birthday. Uh, oh shit, you're right. Yeah. Best piece of music is the corrupted version of the Zanzibar Land anthem. Final answer. <laughs> the best piece of music is Fingers remixes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've definitely I've I've remixed pretty much like every track that you guys have talked about. Uh, definitely did a remix of Level One Warning, did Twilight Sniping, uh, all the electronic music, like that mixture of electronica and jazz and Metal Gear Solid Two is is amazing. Wait, if you don't photograph uh, four, bring that. I haven't done that one yet, but uh, I'll I'll put that one up next probably. Uh, MGSV had a lot of really cool music. Ludwig uh, did a great job on that, and Justin Burnett as well. Uh, Angering Mantis is a really, uh, it's a really in-depth track that's just really cinematic, and uh, there is definitely that shift, you know, like we talked about with Ludwig of of more like cue-based music, you know, yeah. that's more like uh, just dynamic versus these melodic themes that were in the previous games but uh yeah definitely a big fan of metal gear 2 solid snake i think that whole soundtrack's pretty much a banger 
Uh, theme of Solid Snake, I think, is going to be my answer on this one. That's such a good one, too. It's such a good theme. Hibino uh, is sort of an unsung hero for those early games because uh, Harry Gregson Williams gets a lot of the credit, but Norhiko Hibino did a lot of the gameplay music and and even, you know, a, a good chunk of the cinematic music, uh, particularly for Metal Gear Solid 3. And I mean, he's you know, he's got a jazz background. You know, it, it's um, so important in MGS too. Like not the the big themes, but all the smaller pieces of music are so important to that game. I feel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, he went to the U.S. He went to like uh, college in in Boston to study music, and and you know, became a solo jazz musician. And like that influence is strung throughout the entire, uh, you know, repertoire of his work for that. For that, I mean. It's um, if you ever get a chance, look into a project he did that I thought was pretty cool. It was uh, he 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 started a project called Hibino Sound Therapy, and it was basically just using jazz and all of his music background to do therapeutic music. Uh, which is pretty neat. I think he also did an Undertale album, didn't he? Um, I don't know if it was an album, but he contributed to it. Yeah, like he's um, yeah, he's done a lot. Oh yeah, and shout out to Warhead Storage. God damn, what a track. <laughs> Sorry, there's there's so many Metal Gear tracks how to, that I love. How to make something iconic with a single note. Uh, I, heard someone, yeah. bam, bam. I heard someone say, like, if you took every single thing out of Metal Gear and just left the music, it's still a 7 out of 10 game because the music's just that good. <laughs> it is, man. Yeah. It's, it's like my most remixed franchise for sure. I mean, it's... It's uh, incredible source material for sure. Yeah, I listen to the music from Metal Gear every single day. Like I, I didn't for this question, I didn't want to say stuff like you know, snaky uh, theme of Tara. Like the, there's so many good just it's the obscure pieces stuff. of music in the game. Yeah, deep cuts. Comradeship was one tune that I was looking for for like the longest time, and then I think that was on like the like that the B sides or something like that. that. That took forever to find that. Yeah. There were like four soundtracks for metal gear solid too. Yeah. yeah. I use that. I, I use that for the credits music. I use your mix of that for the credits music and all, all of my YouTube nice. videos. Shout out Santa kill magic. He helped me with that one. But yeah. Yeah. That's, that's an absolute banger that appreciate it. Yeah. We actually recorded that, uh, the drums on that with my actual drum set. We like, rec- we like sampled my drum set with a microphone and then, then programmed them in. So that was a special little track we did. Little fun fact. Oh, I got something to add. Um, Hibino did a a standalone album called Akashi that has uh, threads of his work in Metal Gear in it that I highly recommend. So if you want to hear some some you know some additional tracks by him that sound like they could have been in Metal Gear, go listen to that. How y'all feel about Fat Man? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Natalie. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> we love you, Natalie. She just wanted to hear anything about Fat Man, so shout uh, out N6, Natalie. He's he he's pretty cool. I like that fight a lot. I'm still working on the mod, but but I kind of took a break because I'm completely burned out. I've got um I've got yeah. a recording of me beating that boss blindfolded. I'm going to put on Twitter pretty soon. Nice. That seems like a really hard one. It was one of the tougher ones to get down for sure, but I, I'm pretty happy with the work I've done on it. Does the audio kind of work with you on that fight, or is it MGS three level where you're just like, I don't know where this fuck no, is? No, it's uh, you can um, you can make him do stuff by diffusing the bombs in a certain order. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, for crying out loud! Seriously, 
so we do it. Man. So you can kind of play some and like force them to be at certain places. Yeah, because the audio is not really going to help you. There's not um, what's it called? Like you can't tell distance based on the audio. The, yeah, like spatial. Yeah, gotcha. the audio is really giving you nothing in that fight. Damn. We could always cap off with, you know, we're looking forward to a good ass twenty twenty two for this podcast at least. I don't know about the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah, I got some I got some guest ideas. I think we got some guest ideas that we want to. Oh, yeah, we got a bunch of shit up our sleeve for this year coming up. So definitely stay tuned. Thanks and shout out to all our patrons that are in the live chat listening in right now. We definitely appreciate y'all. We're going to let you in here in a minute. (laughs) We do have uh, some more merch ideas as well. We haven't actually talked about the merch on the podcast yet. Uh, We do have merch. Uh, the Series 1 wave out on our Redbubble right now. It's just the basic kind of logo going on. We got Series 2 coming out here soon. We've been working on a couple of, like, funny bonus designs for that. And, uh, yeah, definitely got some more guests coming up, so stay tuned. Let me get Ryan Payton back on so we can ask him about all this MGS4 shit yeah, that we left right? out last time. Like, I I came up with, like, 50 questions as soon as we finished. I was like, damn it. <laughs> I just vibed the whole episode. It was great. It was fucking it was so good. Like, what an, what an enjoyable Yeah, episode. I didn't say shit last episode. I was just like, I was like, look at Nitro getting his second interview with Ryan Payton. I'm so he proud of him. Yeah, I had like a kid again. Yeah, y'all don't, y'all don't know, but as soon as he entered the group chat, I literally went, we've got you now, and posted a picture of Nitroid with the microphone. That was, that was so yeah. good. <laughs> Tell us about the, is Vamp going to be in the game? Where's Mark 2? It was so funny because, like, <laughs> I felt like I, such a dumb kid when I talked to Ryan Payton that first time all those years ago. And then we were going to have him on, and I'm like, yeah, I've grown up. I've got experience. I'm ready. I've had all this time to prepare. I'm finally ready for this. Like, let's go. Let's do this right, you know? But I failed to take into account that he had time to grow as well. (laughs) And I felt like a kid all over again. You underestimated your adversary. Yes, I did. (laughs) And, and, you know, he's not my adversary. No, no, of course not. Definitely. He's like um, your anime rival. Kinda. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, No, you know, it was it was cool talking to him. I'm glad I got to reconnect uh, for a bit there. And it's it's he's an impressive guy. Yeah. Bring him back. He was he was great. Really enjoyed speaking to him. Like really candid, which which I appreciated. Yeah. Yeah, Points. I couldn't believe how honest he was being about things. It was it was awesome. I like and and I was I was like choking on my words when he's like putting me on the spot about MGS4 and I'm like usually this is the thing I can do is rant about this game endlessly. Yeah. He said Yeah, and it's like like I'm usually pretty articulate about it and then he asks me and I'm like uh I think it's kind of bad. I think that's the difference between when someone's working on something and when they have worked on something like that's in the past. He's not, he's not, I mean, obviously you can't say some things, right. But like a lot of what he couldn't say before, he can now say whatever the hell he wants. He, you know, he's not got anyone breathing down his neck or. That's true. But there's also this air of professionalism to him where he's not going to cross a line. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely not. But like, I, I felt like he was really forthcoming in that discussion it, it was awesome i learned things that i never thought i would learn that, that you know that day 
he did always know when to draw the line too and say, no, I don't want to get in trouble about this. Yeah. And like, I'm going to shut up. So yeah. And I'm, some good self-awareness. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, it, you don't want to piss off the guy who's like the most prolific developer in the entire industry. Nah. If, you, if you, if you were hiring, you'd want that guy to work for you. Like Ryan yeah. Payton, you, you'd want him to work for you. you that, yeah. yeah. The professionalism was on point. I'm going to shut up. I'm not a fanboy of Ryan Payton, by the way. He made a pretty good game called Paul Blops, but. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Iron Man VR, but <laughs> I was going to shove yeah. shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that conversation did it made me a Ryan Payton fan. Yeah. You know, like I that's, I I wasn't he's too a, aware of him, yeah, uh before that conversation, but no, he was great. See, I wonder. So, shout out Ryan Payton. Come on back anytime. I know I said this last time, but I still wonder if we could get Kenny Mizumi. Hmm. Well, yeah, we got a lot of big plans, or at least we're trying to have big plans, and we hope you guys will be there for them. Yeah. I think this will be the year we finally start streaming regularly and having more events, so keep an eye out. Uh, I really want to get some group games going, and I think that's going to be pretty hilarious. Normally at this point, I, may... say I, I stream all the time, but like I've streamed once this year, so like, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> we, we may even play Survive. I do want to play Survive. I still have that downloaded on my PC, so. I started a character just so I don't have to, like, go through the whole process of leveling up and stuff, and I'll at least be ready to play multiplayer. If we play on PC, I, I, God, I should, I, <laughs> I should crack open the hacks. I've got a maxed out PS4 character, but yeah, my PC character is, like, brand new, so. We can level up together. We can play Warzone cool. together if you want, guys, like. Oh, fuck yeah, let's go. Let's see if this if this tactical espionage training actually translates to anything else. Where are we dropping? <laughs> Do halo jumps. There's there's some similarities there. Naked Snake was the first person to say where are we dropping. It's canon. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, literally, hold on, wait a minute. Was he? Well, just uh. I mean, yeah, in a, in a less crude way, like what's. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, said, well, he said what's the insertion method but that sounds way worse where are we drop yeah. <laughs> alright y'all thanks for listening yeah thanks for listening later I'm gonna stop bye <laughs>